Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Everyday Driven. Today I'm talking with uh, car enthusiast extraordinaire Michael Bonetto. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey there, Pete. Thanks for having me. Hey, so let's just go ahead and jump right in. Uh, you know, growing up, a lot of us had uh, pretty much one of three posters on the wall. We either had the Lambo, the Ferrari, or the Porsche 911. Um, did you Did you have one of those growing up? Oh my gosh, I actually had all three. I've been an exotic car nut pretty much most of my life. And uh, it was like typical 80s, like neon poster, black background, white Lamborghini. It's pretty funny. Nice. And you also had the Ferrari? Well, we had a 308 and then a black 930 Turbo. Very nice. All right, so moving in with your, uh, let's just call it, a uh, little pun on words here. Let's call it your autobiography. Let's go up to what was the first car you ever drove? The first car I ever drove, I was given a, uh, a 1981 Volkswagen rabbit diesel and it was a little turd, but it was a means to an end. I ended up trading for a, uh, a Mercury Capri, which was kind of like the generic Mustang back in the day. It was really fun though. It was my very first real car that I actually saved and paid for. Nice. So, so that that I for a little while, then it, that Capri was also like, was it like the Fox body, like the the Mustang? It was. Okay, nice. It was a Fox body. It was virtually it was like an '81 Capri. Is it the five liter? No, it was a little four cylinder. It was my first car. My parents didn't trust me enough to let me have balls at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good decision on their part. And what was after that? Oh yes. I went through a chain of the 80 style Firebird and Trans Ams. I had a 81 Firebird, no, I'm sorry, an 84 Firebird, 86 Trans Am, and um, an 87 Firebird. Nice. That was always one of my favorite styles of cars. And and that was that was kind of the Night Rider car, if I remember. It was totally like the Night Rider. It had black wheels and uh. Big 15-inch speakers, which I'm paying the price for now because um, I'm virtually deaf. What? What? No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so moving on up, what did, what did you move to after that? Oh, goodness. Um, an 85 Fiero GT. That was a lot of fun. It was like uh, the closest thing in my teenage years that I'd get to, to like a mid-engine, you know, sports car. But it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I remember you had a story about that car coming down uh, Highway 19 and maybe the Newport Ritchie Police Department. You want to share that? That was hysterical, surely. Um, back in the day when I was in high school, I worked in a movie theater and um, got off the you know the late shift. So I'm driving home at like midnight, and um, I had speakers in that car too. And um, super uncomfortable, and it took up the back window, right? So I'm just like hauling down 19. And um, I didn't put two and two together, so I'm just, like, cruising down 19. And from the movie theater to where they pulled me over, 10, 11 miles. And um, I stop at a light. It's at a place called Trouble Creek. And all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by police cars. And I'm like, well, what the heck is going on? And they're like, pull over. Right. So um, they pulled me over to this little gas station. They pulled guns on me. Mm. And um, they, they thought I was, like, fleeing and eluding, like I was running. And um, they asked for my license and registration. I gave it to it. And um, at the time, my uncle was like chief of police for Newport Ritchie. And they're like, 
damn it, you're Barry's nephew. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you know, we've been chasing you since embassy. And um, I didn't have an answer. I'm like, oh, I'm just a stupid teen. I apologize. Yeah. And um, he let me off. I was, I was totally shocked. That's... But he let me off, and then I was grounded. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> I could imagine <laughs> that was coming. And that kind of segues into the next question. I was going to say, have you ever driven or ridden with someone in a car that scared you? But that sounded like a pretty scary story right there. That was more it was intimidating, you know, after the fact. It wasn't really, like, scary to the speed. Um, as far as being scared in a car, it was only one time. Um, we had this old friend. Um, he passed away many years ago, but he was, like, he was just a motorhead. I mean, he had a speed shop, and the kid had, like, nitrous in his blood. The kid was awesome. His name was John Legrano. Rest in peace, John. Right. And he had the 69 Camaro convertible. And I swear to you, the thing had to have like 800 horsepower. You know, it was truly psychotic. And, you know, he's bragged about the car and he actually gave me for a ride on it um, down Scenic Boulevard, which goes parallel to Highway 19 area. And um, he just got on it and it lifted the front tires off the ground. And it was pretty scary. It was just maddening fast. Right. That is pretty crazy. So let's talk about mm -hmm. motorsports. Uh, you a fan of motorsports, and which one? Oh, of course. I um, most of them I enjoy, with the exception of NASCAR. I'm not a huge fan. Um, my favorite era in motorsports um, is 1990s Formula One. 90s Formula One. Um, Schumacher days. I'm a I'm a huge. Schumacher fanatic. Nice. Um, he's one of my idols, and he always was, and he always has been. Um, I still follow him to this day, and I wish him well. And um, he's in my prayers, and I'd love to see him make a full recovery. Right. That. that yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear that, um, and I hope he is doing well. Um, and moving into some more car things. Speaking of motorsports, uh, do you have any track time yourself, or any ambitions to track anything? I um well. Me and a couple friends, we take um, when I my last car, I had a, a Mustang that had a bunch of work done. We take it to the local drag strip here, and um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, my goal, what I really want to do, I want to get a little. Um, I want to get a little track car and do like the SCCA right stuff. We have a local airport up here, and they do a meet once a month. Nice. So, any other? That's on my list of things to do. Any other car clubs or groups that you're involved with? I was a member of Porsche Club of America for a little while. Um, other than that, not really. Um, on the web pages, I am. I, you know, I follow like um, Ferrari Life and all those, but no real. So clubs. a little bit more online, you'd say. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, sir. So another question for you here is. Um, what what's your next car going to be? Um, I am on the hunt right now for like a 2007, 2009 V8 Austin Martin Vantage Coupe. Very nice. And hey, you got a color in mind? Yeah. Um, like that dark gray with black interior. Nice. I like I like and the, the red calipers, of course. Too. You prefer the coupe? I love over it. The convertible? It's big time. Um. I prefer most, I'm, I'm not a big convertible fan anyway. I don't like the lines of a lot of the cars. 
um, especially with that vantage. It's just, it's timeless. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I have um, to agree. One of the most beautiful cars okay. in the world. Yep. So currently on the hunt. So if anybody's listening out there has one in that color combo, uh, please look me up on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the market. Roger that. That's a good, that's a good copy for that. Um, well, we're moving on down the line here for, um, your interest in cars. There's some unwritten rules for car guys and you're, one of the quintessential gearheads, but there's kind of a unwritten rule that you can't really be a true car guy unless you've owned an Alfa Romeo. What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I like Alphas, especially the new ones. A good friend of mine just bought one of the new four-door ones, and it's super impressive. Um, I think being a car guy, it's just, it's truly, it's, it's so personalized and I have a lot of respect for the, you know, kids and guys that and put their heart and soul and do these builds on these little, you know, Japanese cars. And I love American muscle. Um, I think there's so many little subcultures that, I don't know. I kind of don't agree with the whole, you know, you have to have an alpha to be a true car guy. But Well, that kind of segues um, into my next thought. Another kind of unwritten rule of the uh, the car scene is every man one time in his life should own a V12 thoughts on that. I agree with that. One day I want a V12. Um, love to have a Lamborghini or, you know, a Testarossa, but well, it's not a V12, but, um, they're kind of out of my market. Yeah. The Testarossa prices have been going crazy. Oh, all Ferrari, all like the, the last generation Enzo car to the point where they're, not as affordable as they once were. Right, right. That's that's amazing to see yeah. those prices coming up out of the stratosphere. So, oh yes. So I know since I, I I've known you pretty much my whole life. I guess that should be some full disclosure there. But I know for a while you that, had gotten your hands on uh, a few Porsche nine twenty eights. Two two quick things about the Porsche nine twenty eight. Uh, a your thoughts on it, how you enjoyed it, and. B, if anybody's actually looking for one, given the number that you've um, owned, uh, what's kind of the, the few key tick items that they should look out for when if they're in the market for one? Um, I always love that design, and I think in most 80s generation people would kind of agree to this. What really highlighted the like 1981 film Risky Business, that's where I first actually seen the car. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I love it. And I always said one day I'll have one. And they're kind of like the underdog, you know, like Porsche enthusiasts a lot of time don't really like them that much. But I love them. I love the way they sound. I love the speed, the torque of the V8. Right. Um, but my first one, I had an 81 Euro, and it was a total piece of junk. And um, I bought it with the intentions of, I want to totally restore this thing. And um, it, it could truly break the bank just the trim items and the electrical components. It's very, very expensive. Right. Um, this, my favorite one I've had was the, I had a 1990 um, 928 and I loved it. It was guards red with black leather interior and it was a perfect car, a lot of fun. Um, I regret getting rid of that one. It is, I bought it for $5,500. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Where is it running now? All like those 15, 20? 15 to 20. Yeah. yeah that's that's um, amazing. 
It's kind of 30 years old and they still look cool. You know, and they still turn heads. Yeah, I do love the, I love them. the proportions of the 928 myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we wrap up here, I usually close out Everyday Driven with a quick uh, final question here. And it's basically this. If you could have, if you could own one car right now and you had to keep it for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? That's an easy one. Um, 1985 Ferrari 308 uh, GTS Quattro valve. Um, and it has to be in the red with the tan leather interior, which is like the Ferrari color. Yeah. Um, um, I just, I fell in love with the car in elementary school and that was always on my bucket list of I'm going to have one of these by the day I die. Um, yeah, that's a, that's so, a beautiful, beautiful um, car. I love, yeah, I love it. I love the design. Again, it's, it's truly timeless. Right. Okay, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I look forward to uh, talking to you again once you pick up that Aston Martin. And once again, to our listeners, a uh, shout-out if you've got one in. What was your colors again? Uh, dark gray with black leather. Look Michael Bonetto up on Facebook if you've got one uh, you're willing to put on the market. Thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate your time, Pete. This episode was brought to you by the original Valhalla beard oil available at amazon.com or you can visit them on the web at valhallalegend.com valhalla live the legend